I don't want to hear myself. <laughs> okay. More than I already do. Welcome, welcome, welcome to um, Average Joe Theology Show live celebration Here of are, Reformation Day. It. It's Heck Reformation yeah. Day. Woo! Reformation Day. Twenty twenty. Five hundred Yes, five hundred and third year of Reformation Day. Fifteen so. seventeen was the inauguration. So. <laughs> That's uh that's pretty much it. Thanks for everybody that's tuning in, joining us. Uh, we're excited to have you. So first topic, what is Reformation Day? My mom actually asked this. She's like, what is it? And I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> I kind of had to explain it real, real quick. I was like... Okay, we'll do it again. What's a real quick explanation okay. well, of Reformation Day? I, I would say... Go. Oh gosh. Okay. I guess you could just quickly say this is the day that uh, 503 years ago, Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses on the Wittenberg church i think yeah right yep yep and so basically that's kind of the start of the protestant reformation which then i also had to explain is basically uh you know everybody was catholic back then and now you know the protestant this is basically the distinguishing time whenever people went away from catholicism and went into protestantism right i guess you could use that term right there. they had well specifically what we're talking about today is you know luther luther had a lot of issues about what's going on with the catholic church mm-hmm. primarily yeah. the thing that i what i noticed in my research was that um the biggest problem was with indulgences which yes. is where you yes basically pay your way out of hell that you can you can pay enough money well, you to pay your way your out of purgatory purgatory excuse purgatory. me um, Which is just an anti-biblical, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> not anywhere creation, in there. and it's like a it's like a waiting room before you get to one or the other. Yeah, much, well, like my regardless of whether you're going to heaven or whether you're going to hell, you go to purgatory and you pay some like some extra time. You you get to pay for your sins, right? Basically, which is so so still people not, would still go to hell at all, even yeah. though they would go to purgatory. Honestly, I don't really know. I haven't studied purgatory that much, so maybe yeah, maybe you can confuse. Maybe you can just go there and and everybody can pay off their sins and just go to heaven. Well, um, I feel like that was it's like a second chance. I think that's what indulgences kind of were for, is people back like well, it was to reduce your time in purgatory. Yeah, so like if you had this many sins, you got to stay there for six years. So so by made that, up time period for a made up place. Right, but then <laughs> if you buy an ad- an indulgence, you get like years off. But you could also buy them for dead people. Yes, and that's that's what I'm saying is like, so if people are there paying off their sins in purgatory, then wouldn't your sins be paid off if you were destined to go to hell? Technically, I guess. The, um, and that's what I'm confused really, about. It's, it's really just a garbage. And that's doctrine. what and that's what Luther had a problem was, with. As soon as the coin in the coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs. But here's Aww. the thing too is like it, you could buy you could buy indulgences but um most of the time it was like stuff you did to to earn an indulgence. So like if you did a pilgrimage to one of the famous cathedrals with like relics of so the ancient church then you could get a you could get a indulgence if you like went to um like these certain stairs in Rome which Luther actually did in 1510 and 
that were supposedly like the stairs that Jesus climbed to to get tried before Pilate. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you crawled up those stairs on your hands and knees and said a prayer on every single step or whatever, something like that, then when you got to the top, you got the indulgence. Wow. The the funny wow. thing is when when the German soldiers went into Rome and during World War Two, they went to those steps and they carved Luther into the wall with a knife. It's still there, kind of. You can you can barely see it. <laughs> it's pretty cool, though. And the, the reason he also did it on the thirty first. That was a specific day of why yes. he did it. That's so. why we refer to today as Reformation Day. You know, yeah. we we're not pagans, so we don't do Halloween. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but uh, we, you know, this is Reformation Day. The October thirty first is the day that he did it. Which back then it wasn't called Halloween. It was called All Hallows Eve. Mm-hmm. Because and it was on the eve of. All Saints Day, All Saints which Day. was yeah, would be November first. So, and, and that's why it was so important. The day he did it, he like it wasn't just some random day that he was like, you know what, I feel like I'm gonna do it today. Now he like he strategically did it on this day because it was such a big deal that his church was actually gonna be opened up to when people would go in and do even more indulgences, I believe, than usual. On the first, the Day of Saints. That, and he knew that All Saints Day, so you know how like here in, in Protestant America, like you have your CEOs, right? People who only go to church on like Christmas, Easter only. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so CEOs. like All Saints Day was a a, a popular day. He, he knew a lot of people were going to be at the church on All mm-hmm. Saints Day. Mm-hmm. So that's why he did it the, the, the night before or the day before. He wants as many people. And actually, you know, I've, I've always thought, well, he just, you know, he knew that they were going to walk through the door. So he went and just slammed the 95 theses on the door, which were 95 issues that he had with the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always thought he just, you know, slammed them on the door because he knew people were going to be walking through the door. But actually, the, the church door served as like a bulletin board. In that time period, oh, so okay. that was actually okay. a popular way to put stuff up for debate, to talk about it. And so it's like, hey, here's literally ninety five yeah, points of where that I they're make wrong. A debate about, yeah, yeah. And I saw a funny picture this morning. Said um, it was Luther standing there with his hammer. And he said, he said, no, the door is fine. I'm trying to fix your theology. <laughs> Shoot. But yeah, so that's that's Reformation Day, five hundred three years ago. 1517, October 31st, Martin Luther nailed 95 issues he had with the Catholic Church um, and and mostly the selling of indulgences, which launched the Protestant Reformation. What was it we were talking about last night uh, with our friend? He was saying, didn't he say, didn't he say like the Reformation isn't important or something like that? And we were like, um, basically, Martin Luther, or no, he said Reformation. Yeah, basically he said the Reformation is important. Right, and we were like, well, if Martin Luther hadn't done what he did, like, the world would be a very different place. This For what sure. We're, what we're doing right now would possibly not exist. Well, the church that we're in right now would not exist. Now, that's least, for sure. At least in the capacity that it does mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, it would be a very different. We'd yeah. probably still be buying indulgences. And living well, they miserable still do that. lives because they still do that in Europe. we know that we are incapable of being right with God on our own. They literally still do that in Europe. R.C. Sproul said he went to the to the steps one time that I was telling you about mm-hmm. that supposedly Jesus climbed up to go to his trial, yeah. and he couldn't even get to the steps because so many people were there trying to get an indulgence. 
You said man. it still happens. No kidding. You said supposedly Jesus walked up. What do you mean by that? Like supposedly? I mean, I don't. I don't know the history of these stairs. Like, oh, okay. Because okay. they say okay. it. Well, first of all, it's stairs in Rome. Mm-hmm. Jesus was in Rome. So the but but mm-hmm. I I know they didn't. They got moved there. Supposedly these were the steps that Jesus climbed to go to his trial before Pilate. And then they and then the cruise when the Crusades happened, the Crusaders supposedly ransacked these steps and took them all the way to Rome. <laughs> so, hmm. I've never know. heard of that. Sounds kind of fishy to me, yeah. but sounds a little fishy. But and you never know. I think it was uh, Luther. He was struggling with all this, like these points and problems with the Catholic Church. And the thing that he, the verse that he came up with was uh, Romans one seventeen, which I got here. Yeah, and that was the biggest one that he had an issue with. It, not an issue with, but the one that changed opened his eyes. Sort of was. Uh, Romans 1 verse 17 for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith as it is written the righteous shall live by faith so that was pretty eye-opening for him because it showed that faith alone yeah you know? it was, it was mm-hmm. righteousness given by faith it wasn't something that you earned exactly and that's what he was seeing before his eyes was all of these buying of indulgences things I have to do the 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 sacraments that the church was mm-hmm. doing that just incorrectly and he was seeing an issue and that's what he had a biggest problem with yeah right, was that and for the sure. kind of the driving force would be i would say would be like sola sola fide sola gratia mm-hmm. soli deo gloria so but the faith driving alone, force behind grace alone to the, the glory driving of god force alone. Of all of those was sola scriptura that's right. really where Luther's right. issues start. That is the yeah. If you want to boil it down all to one central beginning point, it would be scripture alone. Yeah. And I mean Luther, you know, it was only a Latin, correct, that the Bible was written in, so people couldn't read it. Uh it was in it Latin was and Greek. Latin and Greek. And then he actually uh translated it to I think it was German. Mm-hmm. And so which was a massive thing because Many people didn't couldn't even read their Bible, well, and so was, they had to rely upon exactly the the church mm-hmm. to tell them what to believe, which right. is just terrifying. Like, like you had people who never read the Bible, and they're like, "Well, yeah. I think the priest believes this." They and seem, so yeah, they seem pretty wondering. trustworthy. So, well, that was the issue that that was how over time the the Catholic Church's theology had had drifted so far from biblical Christianity mm-hmm. because no, the common people were not allowed. Were not given the ability to read scripture for themselves. They had to trust in what they heard from the pulpit. Right. Which I mean. So here's the funny things. Like I think today, um, obviously we have the ability, but I think a lot of people still don't read. Don't read. Yeah. They, they still trust oh, what yeah. comes out of the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think sure. is why there's some some humongous theological issues in America. Mm-hmm. Like like. Ideas that people hold to across the board that are not necessarily correct. I mean, just speaking from my own personal experience, I know that, like, um, I know when I got saved, there were there were people that I listened to, like pastors and and stuff like that. That you know, initially I was like, man, this is this is good stuff. And then I remember doing a devotional where I read through this in one year. Yeah, and. By the end of that, I was like, nobody reads this book. Exactly. No one knows what this book actually <laughs> says. That was so evidently clear. And I was like, so this 
this guy's wrong for this reason because that's not what this says. This person is wrong for these reasons and so on and so forth. And I was like, if you actually read this, you know how to sift through truth and, and untruth. It's pretty, it's pretty easy. It's, it's right here. <laughs> so before we move too far away, I want to go back to something that you said. Okay. You said if it wasn't for the Protestant Reformation, we wouldn't be where we are today. And you were talking about our church. It wouldn't be the same today. Mm-hmm. I think it's twofold, though. We wouldn't have Protestant Protestant church. Well, first of all, Protestantism, the, the Protestant church, right, was came from the Reformation. Luther mm-hmm. didn't want to split and make a different church. Mm-mm. He didn't want to. He sure. wanted to reform the Catholic church. Right. But the reality is um, the ideas that he brought forth of Sola Scriptura, Sola Fide, so, you know, the five souls of the mm-hmm. Reformation, which we've done a series on that. Um, on our YouTube channel, After Show Theology, if you want to go check that out, um, we covered each one. But, you know, the ideas that he brought forth ultimately led in a split. You had the Catholic Church, you had the Protestant Church. Mm-hmm. The Protestant Church got its name from protesting. Right. Protestant. Right. The Catholic Church, right? So they're protesting their theology. Mm-hmm. So they're there, they do that, you know, whatever. And then um, basically that spurred not only the Catholic Church, which brought us what we are today, ultimately, because mm-hmm. um, we're Baptists, we're, we're all Baptists. Yeah. I mean, we go to an SBC church. Your church is just we we we're non-denominational, but I would say if you put us, I mean, we don't really take yeah a specific one, but I, I guess you'd probably say probably would be Reformed Baptist, yeah, in yeah. a way. Well, we're we're, we're Reformed Baptist, but we're also part of the SBC, right? I don't know if you could, if you would quote that our church is, but but it is. Reformed Baptist, but it is. Yeah, I mean, it comes out. Our of theology pulpit, so. is reformed, yeah. And, yeah. and whenever I say that, I'm, I'm not gonna say that for all people in my church, but I will say like uh, it, that's same, the same major goes here. lean. That's yeah. the major lean, and same I feel goes like in our church. Well, I think you can characterize it if that's what comes out of the pulpit, mm-hmm. and I would say yes. that's what's true yes, for so. both of our churches. Yeah. Um, and and so and that's what I think. Oh, okay, before before my mind goes wandering, <laughs> so yes, that led to the Protestant Church, but it also led to Westernization. If it was not for the Protestant Reformation, the great Western swing of of um, mm. scholasticism, education, universities, culture, right. and all the great um, just technological and educational advances mm-hmm. that came west from continental Europe would never have happened. That's an area that I would like to study more because I've heard I've heard some people talk about like the influence that the Christian worldview has had on on just history. Just yes. history of the world. Oh, without it wouldn't so be many anything. Things that like, you know, I remember I think it was an I think it was an episode of Apologia Radio with Jeff Durbin. They had somebody mm. they had somebody that's either in their church or that he knows on the program talking about and he's he's like really big into all the history stuff he can rattle off all kinds of information and it's largely about how the christian worldview has played into yeah world history um and i don't remember exactly what he was talking about but it was like i never would have known how influential scripture and and how how influential christianity was in that time period because those are things that like you just don't learn in public yeah. school because they're not concerned with saying, well, they did these things because of exactly. Christianity. Well, that here, was their motivator. He, it, well, I mean, just it happens all the time. One one realization that I had through studying church history from for school and stuff like that was that 
which, which surprised me was you look at all the major Ivy League liberal institutions in the world today, Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, yeah. all of them at one time were just schools <clears throat> that trained pastors. Yeah. They were like the like theological schools. And at one time they were crazy. seminaries basically. Mm-hmm. They were schools to train pastors. That's pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, it's Jonathan Edwards was the was the president of Princeton. Mm. Wow. Dang. I didn't know that either. Not anymore. Shoot. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not anymore. Now it's like law and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. But but huh. the Christian the Christian worldview has been largely um the worldview mm-hmm. that cares about education mm-hmm. and cares about establishing those sort of things. Like without without yeah. it, none of that would have happened. I know. I know one thing that, like I've heard, is um, a lot of hospitals and stuff exist yep. because of the Christian worldview. Well, I mean, you, you think mm-hmm. Baptist hospital, exactly. Presbyterian hospital. <laughs> you have all these different denominations. The Methodist that, hospital, exactly. And like that comes out of the Christian worldview, which comes out of the Protestant Reformation. Yeah, that's where all this started to stem from because we got mm-hmm. out of the the prison that was horrible catholic theology and, and it was actually actually garbage yeah so here's here's something else funny it's like come buy your way out of purgatory you horrible sinner with no hope unless you pay and do these things that and try to hold it to a standard that you cannot without Christ i want to know i want to know what what how heavy the, i want to know how heavy the conscience was of those people selling indulgences to know that they just made a whole bunch of money off this you know, person that's still going to go. I yeah. imagine well, that there were some that were probably like, man, this ain't right. But they didn't have the the same um, tenacity as Luther to be like, I'm done with this. This is not, we're not doing this anymore. And I mean, the thing too that was funny is the reason that it was so hard hitting for Luther right now, I think whenever he was... Uh, Nailing the 95 Theses, I think I read up, it was something like, the church was trying to buy something. I forget what it was. I don't know if it was. They were trying to build St. Peter's Basilica. That's what, and so they were trying to do that. And then basically, instead of, they have, they have more money than any person or any group in the world, basically at this time. Yeah. And, And so what they're doing though, is they're still selling indulgences to try to build St. Peter's Mm -hmm. Basilica. Mm -hmm. And, And so you're sitting there and you're like, you have all this money. Why not do it yourself? Why do you have to sell indulgences? They're trying to get these people to pay for it instead of them paying for it themselves. Right. Whenever they have this massive allotted cash, and so you're like, it was just this terrible thing that they were doing. But they also did it like super extra. They could have built St. Peter's Basilica for like less money, but they had to make it like the most right over the top thing in the world. To, yeah, which it it is cool and all, but yeah. Like, I mean, it's a beautiful building, but how many souls did you send to hell with thinking that they were going to get out of purgatory? Not not preaching the word More than and just like, hey, know. if you buy this, you're yeah. good. Yeah, that's dumb. Right. Okay, so let's uh, let's get back to, okay, no, one more thing. So so we w- <laughs> all of our theology would be characterized as reformed, right? Which yes. annoys, really annoys me, okay? That people would say, oh, your your theology is reformed. Because here's the thing, the the Reformation didn't want to make new theology; they wanted to reform the theology of the church back to what it was. Right. What okay. So basically, is. reformed theology is just 
scriptural biblical theology. When you boil it down, yep. Luther, one of the biggest instrumental things that Luther brought forth was was he brought back true biblical interpretation. At the time, the way that you you interpret scripture was garbage, but it was like garbage. Yeah, it, it it was just like you looked for like the the real meaning, and then you looked for like the mystical meaning, and then you looked for like mm. all this weird stuff, right? So Luther was like, no, actually, you just read it, and if it's a verb, you translate it as a verb. If it's a noun, you translate it as a noun. You just read it like a normal book in the genre that it's written in, and and how it was intended to be written by the author. So wait, what you're saying is context matters. Context. Okay. <laughs> yes. So Luther what brought a, back the idea what a foreign concept. Exactly. <laughs> Luther brought back the idea of interpreting the Bible literally. How the author meant for it to literally be understood right. in its context. Mm-hmm. Not just like what's the mystical meaning of this? Right. Or mm. how do I fit into this? Exactly. And and that's why he also uh made it available in German so that more people could read it and not mm-hmm. just the not just Latin, yep. where you know the Catholic Church could read it to you and, and right. pick and pick and choose what they what they believe. Because I mean, if you're on the pulpit, eventually somebody's going to be like, "Wait a minute, he just said that. He just taught that. Uh, I've never heard that before. That was right. kind of yeah. interesting. I, I disagree. Yeah, my, like my with Bible how they've been doing stuff than what you just said, my friend. Yeah, and so th- that's what I feel like they could have done was just pick and choose what they taught to really steer these people for into, sure. Oh yeah, because I mean. Which is easy to do. That's why you have indulgences. That's yeah. why you have things like that. Is because you have people who don't know, right? And you can pick and choose verses that that steer them towards ignorant. that thought process where it's like, well, you know, you can you can buy your way to heaven. Which I still don't even know how they would have done that. That would have had <laughs> to just been brilliance to be able to like like I don't know where you could gather that type of stuff. But I mean, maybe they even I don't know. I mean, I just thought it was crazy that they did that back yeah. in the day. Yeah, I mean. It's pretty insane, but but like you say, the reason he Luther was so devoted to sola scriptura because because his issues with the Catholic Church came up through his study of Scripture when yeah. he was studying the right. Book of Romans, like you already pointed out, yeah. to lecture on it in Wittenberg. He he found these issues that he that he mm-hmm. had with what the church was teaching because he himself was weighed by guilt mm-hmm. because right. of his sin, well, you, and mean, he couldn't escape that because. Through the churches, oh, work for your salvation. Mm-hmm. It, it was not freeing himself not of, his, of his guilt until he realized in Romans, I don't have to free myself from my guilt. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looked at through the righteousness of Christ, right? By faith, take possession of Christ's righteousness, right. not my own. And so that's finally when he was able to be like, oh man, I'm good, you know. So, uh, I mean, that's what that's why he was so passionate about getting it to everyone to read for themselves. So that way they can, they can um, see these issues. Well, we found the true gospel, and so exactly. what does that do? Whenever you find, whenever you find the gospel, whenever you you truly have that awe inspiring moment where your your eyes are open to that, mm-hmm. you you want to tell everybody. Yeah. You're like you're like, dude, I can't just sit here. These people are these people are being lied to. I have to get the word mm-hmm. out that yeah. that what's happening in the church is wrong. And and like you said, he wasn't trying to be like, hey, I'm gonna go start the Lutheran church or you know, a, right. I'm not going to go do a Baptist church. I want to have the Catholic church, right. which Catholic means he just wants them Catholic to get back means to what, like all in one or something. Well, or like you got, you got the, the capital C Catholic church, which is like these 
these idiots that we're talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got and then you got like the little C Catholic Church, which yes. is like the universal The universal church. church. And so mm-hmm. he sees this universal church and he's like, Hey, they're definitely been steered wrong. We need to fix this. And that's what Reformation, reform, trying to change it back to what it should be. And he he read that, and that's why he tried to tell everybody. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah, Luther's life is just super interesting, right? So, um, About to get a history lesson. I don't know. <laughs> just sit back, Hunter. Just sit back. Yeah, we're we're, we're <laughs> all right. Your turn. Well, I mean, just leading up, just leading up to Same to the Reformation, minutes. right? It's funny. Um, you know, R.C. Sproul said it, it. It seems like every five years, Luther had like a a super breakthrough in his life, or like a crisis every five years. Mm. So in fifteen oh five, he's he's in school for law. He's walking down the road back to back home from university. Storm comes, lightning bolt comes, throws him to the ground, and he screams out, "Saint Anne, help me! Mm-hmm. I will become a monk." Okay, don't know why the lightning bolt scared him so much that he wanted to go be a monk, but that's what he did. I think that that's video not my we natural reaction. Last night, didn't it say that like he was he was so afraid that he was gonna die, knowing that he is in sin because of what is going on within the Catholic Church. That he, like, that was his fear that he'd be walking down the street and that God would just lightning bolt him to death. Because, right. He didn't want to die. Right. Because he knew he knew that he was in sin because yes. of what it was going on in the Catholic Church. Yeah. And I mean, that's a crazy change too. You know, going from law where your parents, because I think he wasn't that rich and his parents had gotten him into. No. The yeah. School. His dad was a minor. Yeah. And so, like, he didn't have much money. His parents and him were basically being pushed to go to law so that he could maybe one day have money that his parents didn't have. Yeah. And then you, you go and you're like, hey, I'm going to be a monk. To yeah, his dad was who, mad. Who worked so hard. Yeah, his parents were mad. His dad was furious. And I think, I mean, that just goes to show that, you know, that was set up by God to do yeah. that. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy. Yeah, so the lightning bolt, he, he, he prays to St. Anne, which if you don't know about St. Anne, St. Anne was the mother of Mary, which is the mother of Jesus. But St. Anne was the patron saint of minors. So that's why he called out St. Anne's name because his dad was a minor. Hmm. So he he becomes a monk, goes and joins a monastery. Um, and I think Erfurt, I think it was the city. I can't remember. So then, historian. So then yeah, later I on, so I was like, I don't know, man. Um, I mean, later on in 1510, then he goes on. Uh, you know, he joins a monastery in Erfurt. He's there. I think that's the city. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I apologize. So um, he gets chosen to go on a pilgrimage to Rome. And so he, him and this other monk like travel by foot all the way from Germany to Rome. And so they get to Rome, and, and he's like, you know, ex- all excited about seeing the, the big city and the, the clergy and the bishops and all this fancy stuff from the church, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the central location of the Roman, the Roman Catholic Church. Well, he gets there, and all the, all the Roman Catholic priests and stuff are doing like seven masses a day, like trying to squeeze them in super fast so that way they get all the money from them. Oh my God. All the prophets. They're doing all this. They're, uh, he said it, it was basically the po- the popes and the priests were were corrupt. They were all taking part in like male and female prostitution. They were all like, it was super corrupt. And Luther wow. was like weighed heavy on like what is going on. Like he thought this was going to be the holy city. And he got there and it was nothing but depravity. And so he was like, 
You know, he went to those steps I was telling you about where supposedly Jesus climbed up and he did this thing to get an indulgence. Um, and when he got up there, legend has it that he stood up and said, who knows if this is true? Like that, that is when the seeds of doubt began to be, be sown in Luther's, hmm. Luther's mind and Luther's heart when he saw what was going on in Rome. Yeah, I mean, you know, 95 Thesis, that's a lot. I mean, that's not something you just do in a night, you know? I mean, these are exactly. things that he probably had to have thought of over the years, mm-hmm. like, I have this problem, or I have this problem. And then he keeps writing it down time and time again. He's like, I, I, I just don't believe. And and so it was a work over time, yeah. you know, that he had com- seen over periods of his life. So, yeah. I don't know, that's pretty, that's pretty dangerous. Like, it did. It wasn't just one exactly. night type thing. Yeah, yeah. He, he had been thinking about it for a while. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and there were some guys before Luther that brought up some of the same points. There was um, John Huss was like, the century before Luther, he was burned at the stake. Mm-hmm. And he has an interesting connection to Luther based on what he said before he was killed. Um, and then, you know, you had like Erasmus was a little bit around the same time as Luther. But he was he was saying some of the same things, but he would never have taken it to the level that Luther took it to. Right. He was like kind of chill. He didn't want to mm-hmm. really take anybody yeah. off. I mean, that's another thing too, you know. You got to have some... You got to be brave because that the mm-hmm. Catholic Church will like either kill you or they'll excommunicate you, where you can't talk to anybody. Yeah. So, be, so having these ideas you. bearing like bearing weight on you, like hey, I got to tell people, but also this idea yeah. where it's like if I do this, I might be life, killed. My yeah. life is on the line. I yeah. have put a target on my back. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if it wasn't for Luther's friend Frederick the Wise, I was friends with the Pope and had a giant castle. Luther would have been killed. 100%. Yeah, it was like a rich friend who like basically mm-hmm. kept him safe at yeah. whenever he was excommunicated. Yeah. So you got that. So you got fifteen oh five lightning bolt. Fifteen ten, he goes to Rome. His conscience is conflicted because of all the depravity. Fifteen fifteen, um, he's he, is when he has his tower experience. When he's in this tower studying in Wittenberg. Now he's a lecturer at in in Wittenberg. He taught. Um, I think I think he went there initially and taught on the Psalms. Hmm. I may be wrong, but the Psalms are awesome. Um, so, but then he, but then he got tasked to lecture on Romans, and that's when he began to study them, and that's when he had his experience in in Romans um, one sixteen seventeen, and he was like, he, he he when he really understood the gospel for the first time, mm-hmm. that's what happened in fifteen fifteen, and then from then until fifteen seventeen, so two years, I mean, he's toiling over his he he now understands the gospel and sees the issues, mm-hmm. and he's he's thinking over these issues. Until fifteen, seventeen, five hundred three years ago, today, nailed it onto the church door. Hmm. The issues that he has with the Catholic Church. Has anybody responded or asked any questions? No, we don't have any questions right now. Ask questions, guys. If you have any, if you have any questions, we'd love to answer them or at least try to. Yeah, or if you just want to chat. Yeah. Or if our mics sound horrible. Yeah. (laughs) Just let me know. We didn't really check the audio. Yeah, I was late, so I apologize for that. That was my bad. Yeah, well, uh, it's all Chase's fault. If I know. This is bad. Yeah, <laughs> I had to get <laughs> my coffee. Kidding. I was I'm dying. Yeah, I don't blame you. But well, Hunter, you got a copy of the ninety-five theses. You want to read any of them? I'm trying to find some good ones here. I know here. Chase sent a, Chase yeah. sent us like Chase, ten of them. Chase has some highlights. Number, and I'll see if I can number find one. Some other ones. Was a good, just start at number one. I thought. What's number one? Theses one. When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, "Repent." He intended that the entire life of believers should be repentance. Ooh. Yeah. Shoot. And that's not. <laughs> Boom. Knock in the door. Yeah. One. <laughs> Number one Bam. right there. And you know that was that was important, that first one. That was a, probably, you know, I mean, repentance was a big thing. 
back then. It was, hey, instead of buying indulgences and doing a work to get salvation, I guess, or get out of purgatory, or, yeah. to get out of purgatory, it it's repentance. It, it, or going, and, and reading Romans, yeah. you see that. I mean, Or going and sitting before a priest and saying, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Yeah. It's like, what's this no, guy No, actually, do? how about you just go to God? How about you go to your actual father? Yeah. And then you and then Absolutely. Uh, 27 was another one that this website had that I thought was, this is like the, there's a thing I found that's like 10, top 10, like Luther theses. And um, they're, every single one of them, I was like, oh my word, that's oh, yeah. crazy. That's awesome. Which, Hunter, where'd you get that at? I ordered this from the T4G bookstore. Oh, okay. Together for the gospel. I bet it's on Amazon, that. though. You could look up 95 mm-hmm. Theses. What, just for this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they have, like, this one, which was edited by Stephen J. Nichols. And then I'm, they probably have a hundred different versions of of this. This provides, like, a little commentary in the beginning where oh, cool. he kind of talks about some of the history and stuff like that. And then it just goes into literally the the theses themselves. Um, the two and three are interesting because two says it, it's like they also build on each other. They're not necessarily like just one-off thoughts. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a, a chain that is all connected. Um, two says this word repentance cannot be understood to mean the sacrament of penance or the act of confession and satisfaction administered by the priests. And the three says, yet it does not mean inward repentance only as there is no inward repentance that does not manifest itself outwardly through various Ooh. mortifications of the flesh. Ooh. So killing your sin, dying to the flesh. Be a killing sin or it'll be killing Being me. truly repentant. Mm. Uh, I thought reading this one, 37, number 37, any true Christian, whether living or dead, participates in all the blessings of Christ and the church, and this is granted him by God even without indulgence letters. So dang, that just Boom. that calls out right there what's going right. on. This is yeah, it's it's not you don't buy indulgences. That's mm-hmm. not what this that's not what scripture says. It, it's yeah. by God, not by indulgences. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not it's, by the Pope. There's nothing they could do. Your bishop An indulgence can do nothing for your sin. Alone. Only Christ's suffering on the right. cross could get rid of your sin. And Amen. then also Amen. another thing about that, um Luther saw that like, it it's so much easier for rich people. Yeah. Because which they is have so all this money to just throw at their sin. And then poor people, what are poor people supposed to do? Yeah. They have enough to barely even live. Mm-hmm. How are they can, they can't be paying for their sin every day because they sin every day. And so eventually it's going to get to a point where like, my debt is too high. I'm just going to have to, I'm yeah. going to have to die and. Exactly. Go to hell because that, that's that's, I can't pay this off. Which I can't is, get out of this. Which These is not people. what it says in scripture. No. no. Yeah, in scripture, what, the 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 poor are are always elevated over the rich. Right. And I mean, think about it. Like the the amount of weight you have to have whenever you this church, one of the most influential things apparently in your life, says, "Hey, if you give money, you know, then you're going to be doing, you know, then you're going to get out of purgatory." And these people who are poor, they're just imagine the weight of that where it's like, I can't do it. 43. I can't afford it. Yeah. And like how much weight you're going to have over time. Think about your children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't pay for indulgences for my children. I can't right. pay it for me. Uh, you know, what What can I do? And then you die that way. How sad is that? You die, first of all, probably not, you know, with the correct theology. And then second, dying 
thinking that you're setting your kids up for mm-hmm. failure because you right. are poor. And so right. no matter, no wonder uh, Luther's dad, who was a poor man, mm-hmm. maybe probably wanted to send him to be go to law school to get some money. You know, maybe yeah. that might be the reason. Yeah. Well, that's one reason for sure. I mean, he wanted... Yeah. He, his dad Hans wanted Luther to be successful as a lawyer and be able to support his parents as well. I mean, because they had well, his dad was pretty successful. I mean, he was a miner, but he worked his way to where he owned like two or three locations or, or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, he was he was pretty pretty successful businessman, but yeah. he wanted Luther to be successful, and he was mad when he when he joined the monastery. Yeah, and. So thesis 54, I mean, injury is done to the word of God when, in the same sermon, an equal or larger amount of time is devoted to indulgences than the word. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. So how can we interpret that in a modern age? Uh, How about when attention is given to anything other than the word for a larger time period than it's given to the word? I would say, and this is just my opinion, but I feel like, the thing that distracts us most now is not necessarily indulgences like it was here in Luther's day, but it's us, me, 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 mm-hmm. how I fit into all of this, how God uses me and how it, we turn it into, it's about me and what yeah. what I'm going to do for Jesus, well, there was, not what Jesus has done for me. Yeah, There was a girl, um, this a college group I went to, I go to on Tuesday nights, um, she was talking about how she she's feeling really down because this uh, a friend of hers that she worked with all the, she you know he said he was a Christian mm-hmm. and he kept on talking about how he's a Christian but every time he ever talked about Christianity it was um, you know I felt the, I felt the spirit this week he went to a Pentecostal church mm-hmm. he said he felt the spirit he said like you know people were prophesying and people were doing this and that they were feeling the spirit and they were you know, they were speaking in tongues and it's almost like, she's like, do you do anything else besides that? You know, is there anything else that you guys do besides mm-hmm. like, do you actually read the word or is it just only the works of the spirit that you guys are really involved in the yeah. church? And so I guess you can maybe, in the a word has way, do to that. be there. Exactly. Whenever you're not preaching the word and it's more of how am I feeling? What are the feelings I'm getting from this? What am I, what am I experiencing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's, that's a big thing. I feel like people is like, Church has to be fun. Church, I have to just I right. have to it feel at home. I have we to feel. Can't just stand on the word. It has to be all these other things that exactly. is what draws people in. It mm-hmm. has to be the music. You're saying that's the issue. The programs, right? We yes. don't. Yes. This yes. is not our focus anymore. Right. Largely, and it should be. And it, I mean, like for example, our church. I would say this is our focus. I sure hope so. I mean, I mm. I would I would argue that that we're not concerned necessarily about these other things that our church does. We are because we want to be a healthy church and we want to, you know, but all that spawns from our high view of Christ. Right. And this is, this is our foundation and we haven't necessarily wavered from that because we know that without this, that everything is, this church will, will burn to the ground Mm -hmm. period. John Calvin said, without the gospel, everything is useless and vain. There you go. Boom. So, uh, there's one more thesis too that I found that okay. I thought was really crazy that Luther legit calls out the Pope, which I, I think is a pretty big deal. Okay, <laughs> what does he say? What does he uh, say? Number the thesis? thesis number 82. So, or no, there's two. 
Oh man. Okay. Well, he Why? wrote a whole book about it in, later in his life. Yeah. And Luther literally literally wrote a book near the end of his life called "Against the Papacy and Rome Founded by the Devil." <laughs> That's awesome. That was the and title of the book. So eighty-two and eighty-six. Uh, I'll just read eighty-two first. Why does the Pope not empty purgatory for the sake of holy love? in the dire need of the souls that are there if he redeems an infinite number of souls for the sake of miserable money with which to build a church. The former reason would be most just, the latter is most trivial. So in other words, he's saying if the Pope has the ability to free people from purgatory because they gave money, Mm -hmm. then he should have the ability to just free everyone from purgatory just because. And that's more just. Out of the love of his heart. Yeah, that's more just than building a church, he says. You know, he's like, why are we doing this to build a church? Exactly. And then 86, why does not the Pope, whose wealth is greater today, that the wealth of the richest Crassus build this one basilica of St. Peter's with his own money rather than the money of poor believers? He, that's twice he called a Pope. That's crazy. Yeah. That, you that's, don't do that. That's that's like calling thesis, the excommunication or thesis to be kicked out. <laughs> is pretty hard in the same sense. It yeah. says, To say that the cross emblazoned with the papal arms, which is set up by the preachers of indulgences, is of equal worth with the cross of Christ is blasphemy. There you go. Mm. <laughs> that's good <laughs> stuff right there. He, that's, that's the thing, man. He did not pull any punches because he mm-hmm. understands how important this is he understands that this is this is what we live and die on yeah period and there is no you can't you can't compromise this you just can't against the papacy at rome founded by the devil you heard it here folks you heard it here first folks (laughs) no actually luther said it a long time ago okay he did (laughs) did. we're just reiterating it 503 years later (laughs) But yeah, man, he was hardcore. Yeah. So, so this is my favorite thing, my favorite quote about Luther. So, in in fifteen fifty, okay, let's let's rehearse our our history that we learned. Okay. Okay. Fifteen oh five, lightning bolt. He joins the monastery. Fifteen ten, he travels right. to Rome, sees all the depravity. Is like, yo, what's going on? Yo. It, who knows if this is true? Right. Seeds of doubt are are, are sown. Fifteen mm-hmm. fifteen, he's studying Romans, and he's like, okay, I finally understand the gospel. This stuff is whack. 1517, 503 years ago today, he nails the 95 Theses against the door of the church, Castle Church in Wittenberg mm-hmm. um, to to debate these issues with the church, which started the Protestant Reformation. Like I said, he did not want to split from the church. He wanted to reform it. Right. But that's not what they wanted. Okay, so in 1520, he was handed a papal bull, a formal letter from the Pope, basically condemning him as a heretic and saying, um, you must mm. come to, um, worms in a, a city, come to worms and, and have a, a council and a trial. Um, and, and you must recant or basically you'll be killed. So in 1521, um, Luther goes to, to worms and what they call the diet of worms, right? It was like his trial. Yeah. So he stands before this guy and the, and the guy's like basically telling him that he has to recant of his books or else he's going to be killed. And Luther Luther asks Luther asks for another day. You know, I always thought he just went in there, guns a blazing like he always did his whole life. But no, he went in there and he was. I mean, he was obviously you'd be scared. Like mm-hmm. you have to recant of everything you believe God has said in His Word. Yeah. Or 
you're going to be killed. Yep. So he goes in. They tell him, basically, are these your books? Recant of everything you've written in them, or you will die. And Luther asks for a day. He goes back. He prays. He prays. He prays. He prays. And he comes back the next day, and he stands up, and he says this. This is my favorite Luther quote. He says, Since your most serene majesty and your high mightiness require of me a simple, clear, and direct answer, I will give one. And it is this. I cannot submit my faith either to the Pope or to the Council, because it is as clear as noonday that they have fallen into error and even into glaring inconsistency with themselves. If, then, I am not convinced by proof of Holy Scripture or by cogent reasons, if I am not satisfied by the very text I have cited, and if my judgment is not in this way brought into subjugation or subjection to God's word, I neither can nor will retract anything, for it cannot be either safe or honest for a Christian to speak against his conscience. Here I stand. I cannot do otherwise. God help me. Amen. That's awesome. And that's where you get Luther's, Luther's famous quote, Here I stand. Here I stand. I can do no other, so help me God. And that, that went off. I mean, that, that really is what started the schism. The Pope de- put together a party to murder him. Mm-hmm. He fled back to Germany to go see Frederick the Wise, stayed at his castle. And, and that's where he hidden out in that ca- castle so that um, Pope Leo X couldn't get to him and kill him. Right. Is where he translated the whole New Testament into German, mm. and just continued to write books and continue to preach and fight the good fight. Fight mm-hmm. the good fight, and then th- that Reformation led west with God. So fifteen seventeen, fifteen twenty one, fifteen twenties is when Luther was really going. Fifteen thirties, you got Calvin, John Calvin going over in in further, um, yeah, further west in the continent of Europe. You got Zwingli going. You got mm-hmm. guys like. Uh, Guys like uh, William Tyndale and such in England. So, I mean, you got all this stuff going on. Um, awesome times. Yeah. They recovered the theology of church fathers like Augustine, church fathers like um, Athanasius, different ways to look at at what um, basically the terminology and what they believe Scripture said. Mm-hmm. It had largely been lost. So they recovered, they, they reformed the church's Theology back to what it was, back to what Scripture says. Mm-hmm. Your um, your wife. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. She, wonderful question. A great she question. Says, How do we avoid heresy today? In Luther's day, he was considered a heretic for revealing truth. Man, what a question. Yeah, I mean, I think that's <laughs> twofold. Shout out to you, Kelsey. <laughs> I think that's twofold. I mean, we avoid heresy today by sticking to Scripture. Yeah. First of all, you got to know it. Right. So how we avoid heresy today study. is to study scripture. And and the the blessing is that God has given us the church so that we can come together. Right, we have an avenue to do that. Come together and study it together. And in America we can do that freely. Amen, brother. With which we are thankful. No fear for. of persecution or, or anything like that. Or yeah. realistically. Like we've talked about Besides them trying to shut down your, your church for a virus. Right. But I mean but, they, that they can only go so far with exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll still get together. <laughs> so, so I mean, that's how we. That's really how we avoid heresies: to know Scripture, mm-hmm. to teach Scripture, to be faithful to Scripture. And ultimately, 
you know, if that's what we're standing on and people call us heretics, I mean, that's that's the fight that we have. Yep. Because we're standing on the word of God. And if they're calling us heretics, whatever they're standing on is not stable ground and will eventually fall out from beneath yeah. them. Are they on sand or are they on a rock? Exactly. And the rock is the, the word. word. So ultimately, I mean, we're going to be called out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, even just today, if us three were to go out and declare what we say, what we believe Scripture says, mm-hmm. people would debate us on it. Mm-hmm. Because largely American theology is not I mean, that would the same we theology would be that debated, we hold to. Mm-hmm. We would be yeah. debated within Christian circles. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Within oh, okay. the church. Oh, okay. I thought you meant... Within the church. What we believe Scripture world. says about how you're saved. Yeah. Holding to... The five solas, holding to the doctrines of grace, reformed theology. Right. People disagree with biblical it. theology. I would argue. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's. All right, that's what it is, folks. I mean that's what that's what Spurgeon said when he was talking about he was talking about Calvinism. He said I, he said I hold to those wonderful doctrines taught by Calvin, taught by Augustine, taught by Paul, and taught by Jesus. <laughs> Calvinism. There you go. Right, it's it's there, the doctrines right. of grace, um, but people would disagree with that, mm-hmm. and that's I why mean, you open up your Bible, and you go to the scripture that you think they think is against that, and you discuss it and you talk about it, right. and then you know you go through scripture, and and you will find the truth. I mean, it's not like it's it's hidden from us; it's right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, read your Bible, right? Discuss, talk, and that's, and that's the fight that we'll have to fight till. The day we die, and here's or the question: Jesus Here would back, be my question: If somebody, first. if somebody disagrees with us, first of all, we go to Scripture to see if we are wrong. Because if we're wrong, we want to change. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what Luther did. Exactly, um, but also t- to make sure that they're reading it correctly, or we both are yes. reading it correctly. Yes, just like Luther, Luther brought back. I mean, we have to interpret it correctly. How right. did the author intend it to, to to be read and understood? Who's the audience? Who's the audience? What genre is it? Mm-hmm. Many different things. It's not just like some mystical book. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. God inspired these words. It's infallible. It's inerrant. It's the most mystical book you can get, but it's not like super mystical, like it, like just random meanings of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It means something. Right. Oh, we got another question. Okay. Uh, according to the London Baptist Confession of 1689... What is the infallible rule for interpreting scripture? Off the top of my <laughs> head, I don't know. I don't either. Off the we top of my head, I don't know, but I got it. That's All a right, pretty good it. question. Yeah. It's a uh, it's from a actually a pastor down the road mm-hmm. from my church who is an he's a solid dude. He's such an awesome guy. Yeah, uh, he he actually recently sent me a friend request on Facebook and yeah. his his posts on Facebook, I'm like Oh yeah, this is, he this has is the best stuff. videos. If you can just sit down and like, like he'll just have a camera, just point right there, and he'll just like he'll talk. It's the, amazing. He seems is like such a wise. It seems like he's trying to stump us right now. <laughs> I love the 1689, but I don't have it memorized. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that club. Look what you just did. <laughs> Put us in a, a in a tizzy. Here. We're average Joe's. Like, We're trying uh, to figure it out too. Exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the what point. this is. Mm-hmm. But that is good though. Levi, if you can find it. Just let what me was know. the question again? According to the London Baptist Confession of 1689, 
what is the infallible rule for interpreting scripture? Okay. A little bit of dead air here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how was your How was your week, Hunter? It was uh, It was pretty good. It was kind of uneventful. Uh, work is slow, but hey, it's 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 work, I guess. Um, let's see here. I think. Oh man, I just had it. Okay, I believe. I, I, yeah, I think so. Um, of the, chapter one of the Holy Scriptures. The Holy Scripture is the only sufficient, certain, and infallible rule of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. Although the light of nature and the works of creation and providence do so far manifest the goodness, wisdom, and power of God as to leave men inexcusable, yet are they not sufficient to give that knowledge of God and his will which is necessary unto salvation? Therefore, it pleased the Lord at sundry times and in divers manners to reveal himself and to declare that his will unto his church and afterwards for the better preserving and propagating of the truth and for the most sure establishment and comfort of the church against the corruption of the flesh Mm. and the malice of Satan and of the word to commit the same holy unto writing, which maketh the Holy scriptures to be most necessary those former ways of God revealing his will unto it. his people being now ceased. Let me summarize it. Yeah, so that was the oh, yeah, chapter. That, w- that, that, was was the the chap- that was the whole little section on scripture. Yeah, I'm sorry. I like to one. read a lot. No, <laughs> this is, so if you he, go, he you found were reading, the sum. Oh, you you found were the reading one, and if you go, continue yeah. down to point nine, it says mm-hmm. the infall- infallible rule for interpreting scripture is the scripture itself. Yes. Therefore, when there is a question about the true and full meaning of any part of scripture, and each passage has only one meaning, not many. It must be understood in light of other passages passages that speak more clearly. So yes. let the text speak for itself. Yes. yes. There's only one true meaning of that scripture. Right. Yes. That, yeah. So like, it's not like that's. Oh man, that that always gets gotcha. me too. Yeah. Thanks, Claude. It was <laughs> it, whenever somebody. Sorry. Whenever we failed. I, I I read something and I just like, and I'm like, well, this is what I believe. Yeah. And I, I read yeah. the scripture and somebody's like. Well, I know how you're interpreting it, but I interpret it differently. Yeah. And oh, I'm sitting yeah. there, I'm just like... We had a conversation about that yesterday. That's not true. I'm oh, like, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. There's only one true way of interpreting scripture. Yeah. That's the way it was written, and the way it was intended, which is context, and that's why it's important. Yeah. So. Yeah, we. Have, I mean, me and Hunter had a conversation with a friend yesterday <laughs> that there was there was a lot of... There you go. He said, he said you know, there's a, a lot of ways to interpret scripture. And I said, yeah, one right one and a whole bunch of wrong ones. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Okay. I'm not trying to stump y'all. I'm giving you an answer to answer the question that y'all just went over, section 1.9. Hey, thank you. Thank I you, really Claude. appreciate that. Yeah, man. You're the you're For the sure. I mean, that's the best way to sum it up. Scripture interprets Scripture. Yep. In its context. You got to let it let it interpret itself. And that's, I know he's not your favorite, but that's what Jeff Durbin always says. Is I don't, I, wait. I never said I don't <laughs> like Jeff Durbin. He hates on me because he hates I enjoy Jeff no, Durbin. I do jeans. not hate on you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, you do. We're it finally just, doing this live. Over. It just no, bothers like, me that he preaches in a t shirt and jeans. I'm like, oh my gosh. Levi's kind of a legalist. No. No, I'm just kidding. Oh um, man. No. I'm just kidding. But that is what he says is that. You have to you have to let the text speak for itself because you can't you can't be reading yourself into it and and adding all this stuff because you're just gonna muddy what it is trying to tell you. Yeah, 
essentially. Mm-hmm. So I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what that I'm saying. That is the funniest thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let, it, let it breathe. Let it be. So, there you have it. I can do all things. <laughs> I do, that makes me mad, too. Whenever they just shorten that, I can do all things. And they put that scripture. Oh, yeah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, no, no, no. They like, don't even. Bro, put that's that. not talking like, about you climbing Mount right, Everest. They cut off the Christ. They cut part. off that part too, the Christ part, where it's really? just like I, I do, do all, all things. Yeah, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> you still, need to yeah, first I mean, of all finish actually, that. You can't. And then third, you need to get the context. You're depraved. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> it's impossible. But I mean, still, yet yeah, people are like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm like, it's not talking about you. Killing a giant elk and, and doing whatever you wanted. Is that, is that I can do anything I want to do through Christ who strengthens right. me? What? <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm-mm. But we're gonna have to nail our own ninety-five theses to. Uh, I don't know where. Okay, we're but nail yeah, it at, but what's the modern bulletin oh. board? We gotta nail it to Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> I mean, Lame. yeah, I guess that would be lame. It would be seen by a lot of people here. It would. We'll just purchase a billboard. On I forty, uh, your grandmother said Jesus taught in a robe, Levi. <laughs> so what's your problem with jeans, bro? <laughs> Wear whatever you want. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no mandate here that says you have to wear a suit and tie. Okay. And we're just messing with him, by the way. We <laughs> yeah, we absolutely all, like this is, is just we're us joking around. because Levi definitely holds a uh, a very high view of. Scripture and Absolutely. and preaching the word and so yeah that's why you gotta put a tie on fellas <laughs> whatever man hey I wore a tie last Sunday so oh that's awesome hey. yeah. see I'm look Claude says he hates his jeans I too know, yeah uh huh I see <laughs> I see flashy that. with the embroidery yeah dude he probably buys them at Buckle he probably who does. <laughs> who buys them at Buckle Durbin yeah. Yeah. definitely Durbin. does I do like Durbin I I, I appreciate his ministries. The yes. stuff he does against abortion and and, and all yeah. that stuff and ultimately, is great. He fights the same fight that this is what we stand yeah. on, and we cannot compromise. Well, that, I mean, period. I mean, one of the biggest things people say about Durbin is just he 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 that he's too confrontational, or he he I mean, is he, uses hardcore not, language. But oh my gosh, read some of the stuff Luther wrote. It was hardcore. Right. I, I heard the most hilarious quote this week. Let me let me bring it up. But yeah, I mean, like there was a, <laughs> there was an article I was reading on Luther, and they're like, there's some things he said that even I wouldn't be able to put on this, on my article that I'm writing right now, right. just because he was, he was so hardcore. Yeah, and sometimes like the fight that we fight calls for that. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. This is this is can't this is be nice and sweet and well, you know, here's where you're wrong. No, because there are souls on the line here, folks. Yeah. Well, what are you okay, say, Levi. Luther's "Here I Stand" speech uh-huh. is by far, I think, his most instrumental and and great quote, right? But this is, I think, my favorite Luther quote. So as you know, I, I, I've been lucky enough to to be um, filling in to do our music here at, here at church for a while, so directing the hymns and, and so on and so forth. And I love, I love old hymns. And Luther was um, a gr- loved music, loved hymns in worship. I mean. He wrote "A Mighty Fortress Is Our God," which is definitely one of the such a good one, one of the one. one of my favorite hymns. But but listen to this. He he. One time Luther said, "A person who does not regard music as a marvelous creation of God does not deserve to be called a human being." 
He wow. should he should be permitted to hear nothing but the braying of donkeys and the grunting of hogs. <laughs> yeah, that was in that podcast that yeah, uh, yeah that uh, yeah we were. Is that not hilarious? And back in the 1500s, those are some harsh words. Is that not hilarious? That is awesome. That's hardcore. Against so the can't be at Rome, human. founded by the devil. Shoot, man. That's so funny. That's hardcore. Ra- yeah, Randy. Randy sent us that. Yeah. And I, I listened to most of that podcast, and I was like, whenever they read that, I was like, that's hilarious. That's crazy. Yeah. It's that funny, man. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like Durbin. He's just he's just funny. You just wish he wore different clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Get but fancy. He's got a good beard. Get fancy on. when you're going up word, before yeah. God. His beard is awesome. Actually, I don't know if you've seen Claude. Dude, his beard. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's um, it's it's so cool. <laughs> like, like comes out of here. He is so awesome. <laughs> like, he needs to dress up as uh, probably Calvin. I would say John Calvin. He needs to dress up as. We wanted to dress up like. I we literally did. went to par- today. I literally went to Party City last night to see if they we had tried. a monk costume, and they, they didn't. It was unfortunate. They did over in Strip. They and did they had a Jesus one in Knoxville. One. They had a Jesus one, oh. and they had a monk one, and oh, then sorry. they had a priest father one. That's what. Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah. So you should have you should have bought that one and brought like a big box and wrote indulgences on. <laughs> one of us could have dressed up like Boom. the Pope. That would have been funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just get. I would just wear the hat. <laughs> Whatever that's called. Well, you guys got anything else you want to add? That's what I was gonna say. You guys got anything? I, I'm. I think that's good. I mean, unless we have any other questions come, I think exhausted. we're. Yeah, I think that was a awesome. You know. Awesome Hopefully kind of episode. Yeah. Do we have that bonus something. episode? Did that come out this week? Um, we it will be out this week. So, so this middle of the week, week we we have an uh, episode of the Average Joe Theology Show coming out um, about covering the Ligonier State of Theology survey. So that'll be middle of the week. The audio is crap because I forgot to record it on the microphones, and instead oh, it got yeah. recorded on the computer. But you have to bear. It's with a us. bonus. It's so still there, and you get what you get. It's still a quality conversation. Yeah. About Theological topics and things that and then, are happening today. And then next Saturday, a week from today, we will finish our series on the doctrines of ga- grace, grace with perseverance of the saints. Yes. And, uh, so, and then did, who knows what we're going to do next? Yeah, yeah. Please give us a uh, give us feedback. Like, what do you guys want to maybe hear? Like a three or four week uh, podcast like thing that we could go through. Um, anything that you guys think would be really interesting that maybe you would like us to talk about and study up on. Um, we got a Facebook page this week, right? Or was it? Yeah, it, yeah. So we got a Facebook page, which is really cool. Which so, is where we're at now. So, so go ahead, like the page, follow us, share it, share it, share, share it. it. I want you know, I want this to get out. I want people to be able to listen and you know, just we have, want people to, to join in. Yeah, we yes. want it to be a community kind of thing. Exactly. So yeah. Check us out on AverageJoeTheology.com. Um, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you like to listen to on. Um, but other than that, I think this has been a fun little yeah, celebration yeah. of Reformation Day. Happy Reformation cool. Day. Um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sending us some questions and, and interacting with us. Um, I guess we're going to go grill some burgers. Yes, some some bourbon glazed burgers, right? Bourbon glazed burgers. Oh, my mm-hmm. word. So I cannot that wait. That is how we celebrate that is Reformation how. Day. Yeah, we always like cook before the episode most of the time, yeah. and then and then we do the podcast and then we come and have like fellowship after. Yeah. And it's such a personally for me, it's I love doing this just because yeah, it's, it's fun. so fun. You know, it's fun. It's a good time. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. And uh just give us a second and I guess we'll we'll be off the air. So Boom. thanks. The end. Happy Reformation Day. Woo. Happy Reformation Day. <laughs> hey, where'd you get that mic?